thank you. I lift you up. We say all those things, but I, I remember Jesus saying that wherever your treasure is, there your heart may be also. What is Jesus saying? Jesus says, if you want to know where your heart is, just look at what you're putting first. Everybody say first. And so this first of the year, I wanted us to take the time to do something for somebody who couldn't do it back for us. And thank you for Terry for orchestrating. What a beautiful way to show our children and some of our adults how it is to go outside of yourself and brave the cold for a few minutes. I know some of you thought, my goodness, it's cold out here. <laughs> my goodness, I can't wait to get back to the car. As a matter of fact, I turned around and I lost a few people because some people were so cold that they had gone back to the car. <laughs> They just couldn't make it. The spirit was willing. It, I promise you it was willing. But the flesh was a little bit weak with the wind that came underneath the bridge. And I understood. But ever more so, when you think about that, think about the people under the bridge that don't have a car nor home to go to. We talked to a gentleman. He was under a pile of, of cover. We passed and we were talking to one of the guys that were homeless. And he said, there's another guy there if you want to talk to him. And I said, where? He said, over there by the by the shopping cart. And I looked over by the shopping cart and there was nothing there but a big pile of blankets. You remember that, Brother Dave? And I said, where? It looked like a big pile of trash. And he said, he's under those blankets. <laughs> and we walked over there to a shivering man and it was so cold. He didn't want to let his heat out. And he just spoke to us through the blanket. And Brother Dave said, would you like a blanket? And he said, yes, please. And, and Brother Dave gave him the blanket and I said, is there anything I can pray for you for? And he looked at me through that blanket. I could tell his face was going that way because I could see his mouth. And he said, I have prostate cancer. And tears began to fill my eyes about how often we take for granted the things that we think we should just have. And here it is, a man who has cancer and no care, sitting under a bridge too cold to even lift the heat out and let his head and face be shown to say thank you. I want you to know, you might not know it, but you're blessed. Isn't it amazing how often that we complain about our life, that we don't have all the things we want? But I've come to tell you that you might not have everything you want, but if you're in this building, you have everything that you need. <laughs> and you ought to give God some glory and give God some praise for that. And I, I was rejoicing because I, I thought about something. Each person we talked to, we asked them, Brother Day would ask, or I would ask, or whoever was by, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? And every last one of them said, yes, I, I know Jesus. One of them said, my grandfather was a pastor. He's passed on, but yes, I know Jesus. And, and it was comforting to know that even though we might not have the remedy to everybody's solution on the outside, that one day they won't have to sit under a bridge anymore. One day they won't have to be sick without care anymore. One day that God's going to take us all home. And the Bible says that if you're sick, that there's a tree out there for the healing of the nations. That there will be a time when God will come and receive us to himself. Aren't you glad that one day sickness will be over? Aren't you glad that sadness will be over? Aren't you glad that lack will be over? That God is going to come back for his own. Hallelujah. Why? Because the blood will never lose its power. 
I asked one guy, why are you under this bridge? And you said you have so much family. He said, simply because of the mistakes I made. But even though the mistakes he made might have put him under the bridge, the choice he made to follow Jesus is going to put him in heaven one day. And I've come to tell somebody who might be down on yourself by the choices that you made. God doesn't worry about your mistakes. Right now, while you have blood running warm in your veins is the time to say, Lord, I surrender to you right now. If you're listening by podcast, if you're listening on one of the media platforms, I want to take this time to let you know today you can know Jesus. If you don't know him, and I know I'm going to get ready to preach in a minute, but I feel like this needs to be done today. There's somebody that may not be in this room, but there's somebody that's watching and you know you don't know Jesus like you need to know him. Everybody, can you begin to pray in the name of Jesus? I'm praying for you. Yes, you. Yes, you, the person that says he's not talking to me. Yes, I'm talking to you. That there is a God that loves you. There's a God that saved you. There's a God that's changed you if you want it. And I want to let you know right now that if you receive him, he can be yours. Right now, if you'll say, Lord, I surrender. God, we give you thanks. For your spirit in this place. Can you feel that spirit in this place? Amen. That's the spirit of God. Speak your servants listen. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Somebody clap your hands. And give God praise. A word from the Lord. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If we could stand for the reading of the word of our Lord. I'm so glad to see each and every one of you who made it out. And also to our extended Family, I know Miss Rose is always faithful. Miss Rose, if you're out there, I can't see you right now, but I'll see you later. I want to welcome you to the program. Robin says she is. Uh, Robin's keeping a look. For all of those who are coming, we thank you from whatever state you're from, whatever state you're watching from. Share this and make sure that somebody gets the love of Jesus. What's the topic for today? Everybody say it. Staying power. Amen. From the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 7. Let's read. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Well, hallelujah. For we who are alive and always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Lord, speak your servants, listen in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. As we go with our theme, the God of miracles for the year. We've been talking about things that the enemy wants to take and that you can't let him take. We've, we've been talking about the fact that the enemy wants to take your commitment and that the enemy wants to take your faith. Why? Because if he can subvert you and create destabilization in the kingdom of God, although he is already lost, he can do as much damage as he possibly can. He knows he's going 
down with the ship. He knows that Christ has already defeated him, but misery loves company and the enemy does not like you. He wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to destroy you and keep your focus off of growing with God. He wants to give you many things that may not in themselves be bad, but the use of them can distract you from the purpose that God has called your life to. The enemy seeks to kill. Jesus let us know that. He says, the thief cometh in John 10 and 10, but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. He's come to distract you from your purpose. He's come to distract you from the things that God has placed on the inside of you. We are learning from the book of Genesis as we're doing our Bible study on Wednesdays in Genesis that the enemy was able to subvert the kingship and the priestly royal priesthood of Adam and Eve. Why? Because he got them to stop focusing on all the stuff they had and got them to focus on the one thing that they didn't. Everybody said distractions are dangerous. <laughs> See, the enemy wants to distract you so that what you are, what's poured in you, you can't pour out to others. For Paul has said, and now we have this treasure. What is that treasure? That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the same gospel that Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, that I am not ashamed of the gospel or the euangelion, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who what believes. So what he's saying is I have a power that God has given. It's not my power, but locked up in me is the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are some people that unfortunately will live on hell on earth. And if they don't know Jesus, they will die and go to hell. But God has given you an antidote for the remedy of sin. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we see now in the post, the post quarantine church, the, the church that is after that has come after COVID and all these other things that some people have a good reason not to come to church. Some people have autoimmune efficiency diseases, and, and I'm, I'm not knocking those people. I was talking to somebody the other day, but there are some people who have left the building of the church. There are some people who have given up and forsaken the assembly. For those who are watching online, I'm glad you're watching online. There's a lot of people that are, are watching online that can't make it inside the church. There are a lot of people that watch us online and they're not even in the state. They're in different states. We're glad for you to be able to watch. But I've come to serve notice that if you have the ability of your limbs to get up and go to Walmart, if you have the ability of your limbs to go to Kroger, if you have the ability to, to go to Staples or Office Depot, if you have the ability to go watch the Lions lose and, and, and the Tigers maybe hit a ball or two, if you have that ability, I'm encouraging you wherever you are, find a church somewhere. Because God has a treasure that he wants to give you. And the Bible says we redeem the time for the days of evil that every second that ticks away, we do not get back. Brother Turhan and I were having a discussion. It's amazing how when you get older and you start to see other people leave your life, you start to think about the brevity of life and how short a time we have. And we have to make every moment matter. We have to make every second count and every second that we are not 
not spreading the gospel is a second that is not used for somebody to be on their way to heaven. God has called us to use this treasure and jars of clay to begin to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm afraid many of us in the church have fallen away. Many of us have not stayed the course. And some of us, to be honest, are going juxtaposed between two opinions of should I stay or should I go? Should I remain faithful to the church if there's less people than there used to be? Or should I decide to just go the way of everybody else and follow everybody else? Because I don't feel motivated to stay anymore. I don't feel motivated to do what God has called me to do. We become distracted by all the things of the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of COVID-19. <laughs> I respect doctors and I go to doctors and I, I, I use, I use good, good, good hygiene and I, I do all I can to follow all the protocols and be safe. But at some point in time, you got to realize that we have to get back Together, we have to find a way to assemble, not just virtually, but in person. We have to find a way for the church to be the church. And all throughout the history of the world, it is when the church world was at its darkest that the church shone the brightest. When the world was running and hiding, the church was running to serve. When the bubonic plague and the Black Death hit and tore ravage all throughout Europe, it was the church that was out serving people, risking their lives. It was the church that were out not caring about their safety, but worrying about the well-being of the others. Why would they do that? Because Jesus gave them a simple command. He said that you are the light of the world. He said that you are the salt of the earth and nobody that has a light will hide it under a, bush, a bushel. But I've come to let you know that it's time for the church to come out of hiding. And for those of you who are waiting for the church to go away, for those of you who think that the church is irrelevant and those of you who think that the church is outdated, I've come to let you know that before God's word will fail, heaven and earth shall pass away. I'm a part of the church. You're a part of the church, and I've come to let you know I'm not going anywhere till Jesus takes me home. Why? Because I've got staying power. Is there anybody in here that's got staying power that says come hell or high water, become a thousand members of 500 or even two? I'm going to show up and I'm going to worship God. Why? Because he's promised me that where two or three are gathered in my name, touching and agreeing, I will be in the midst. I've come to let you know I've got staying power. If you're going to live in the age that God has given us today, you've got to have some staying power. A lot of our incentives to go to church and our incentives to follow Jesus have gone away. And with our secret sensitive culture, sensitive culture, where we have always tried to beg people to love Jesus and talk to people about the cost benefit of analysis of giving their life to Jesus. And what we have done is created a culture of people that realize I'll come to Jesus when it benefits me, but I'll leave him when it doesn't. But I'm coming to tell you that God is coming back for a church that says whether I get what I want or I don't God you are still good whether you deliver me from the fire or you don't you're still good no matter for better or worse for richer or poor God I'm the church and you're married to me because I've got staying 
power. Is there anybody in the building that has staying power today and has decided that you are going to be committed to the Lord? I've come to tell you that we can't give up because we have the antidote. God has given us the antidote to sin, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is even more and ever so more important that we not only utilize digital media, but we still take our feet to the street and spread the gospel. I love the fact that we can leverage technology to reach hundreds or not thousands of people that we have not seen before and may never see. But there are people that are right in this neighborhood neighborhood that look well, they have a good job, they have a good car, they have a good life. The pandemic hasn't bothered them much, but guess what? Their soul is sick even though their body is well and they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody that's ready to go out and take the kingdom for Jesus Christ and say, I know it may look dark in the world, but God has given me staying power. I want to encourage you this morning. To stay in the race and to stay in the fight. Paul gives us a letter, an epistle to the Galatians. And I want to extrapolate one of the verses from there. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Because it says something very important. It says, and let us, let's read it together. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We need to read that for somebody who's feeling like quitting right now. Somebody's watching us right now and they're feeling like giving up on God and giving up on the church. That's what that word is for you today. Let's read that that again. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. My first thing I want you to know today is that in order to have staying power, you have to have the proper perspective. The Bible says that it is hope deferred that makes the heart sick. When we start focusing on all the negativity of who's not coming to church, stop talking about who's not coming to church and start being thankful for the people who are coming to church. Stop talking about all the problems in life and do what the word says. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think now on these things but if you're going to stay and endure you have to have the proper perspective we have often give up because our expectation to our time was not God's time how many times have you set up a hope for something to happen and then you put God on the clock (laughs) Lord, I'm putting you on the clock that you need to do this by this year of my life or I'm going to walk away. God, I need you to send me a man by this year, Lord, or or, or it's not going to work. God, I need you to send me a wife by this time, Lord, or it's not going to work. God, I need you to do this job for me right now. I need you to heal my body right now. Everybody say right now. (laughs) But sometimes God says not now. Hallelujah. And do you love Jesus enough to trust him to know that he knows what he's doing? And in the right time, you will receive a harvest if you do not 
give up. I would love to have five or six different services. And, and, and I would love to be able to touch people all over the world, which we're doing. But I bless God and thank him for what's happening right now. Even though God says some things might not happen, not now, but they will come. And I have to have the proper perspective. I've come to tell you, don't let the enemy distract you by focusing on the fact that God has not moved in your time. Because in biblical, biblical time, if you look through the Bible, it uses two words in the Greek. One of them is chronos. Everybody say chronos. Chronos means linear or chronological time. It's the word that we get chronos from. It's one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. And that's how we generally work. We think that God should work on our time, but God works in what we call the cryenos. Everybody say cryenos. Cryenos means an appointed time. In other words, God's not on your schedule. God's on his schedule. And the Lord is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. And if you set up false times for God to move, you will lose your hope. But what God wants you to do is have the mindset that God, whenever you move, I'm going to do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to do the things that I can control, but I am going to wait on you for those that wait upon the Lord. I'm serving. He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've come to tell you that in order to have staying power, we have to train ourselves to not be weary when we do not see the perceived benefits of our efforts. Just because you have not seen the fruit of your labor does not mean that God is not moving. Come here, Paul. For Paul has told me that some plant and some water but it is God that brings the increase. The people who planted this church years ago, never, some of them probably never seen anybody in this room. They're gone on, but the increase is still going across the years. Why is that? Because some have planted and some have watered, but it's up to God to bring the increase. Hallelujah. Sometimes we're worrying about things that we can't control that are specifically up to the will of God. Many times we're working to be affirmed and we don't realize that God has already affirmed us. We get disappointed because we're working for somebody to tell us good job because daddy didn't do what he was supposed to do and tell us that we were loved no matter what we did. And we're always trying to do things to have people to tell us that we had a good job. We did something well, but I've come to tell you that if you are a child of the king, he loves you before you ever did anything. Because the Bible said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Even in your mess ups, God still loved you. So I've come to tell you to stop working for affirmation and start working from affirmation. You're already loved. You're already valued by God. He's already made a way for you to come to us, but you got to fix your focus. Somebody said, fix your focus. <laughs> if you're going to have staying power today, I've encouraged you today to fix your focus. Paul says it this way. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and looking to those things which are ahead. I press toward the mark of the call, the prize of the high calling, which is in 
Christ Jesus. I'm fixing my focus on the end goal. <laughs> if you're going to have staying power, you need to know through the word that God loves you. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 says, who shall separate us? from the love of Christ. Read that with me. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Hallelujah. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Hmm. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am convinced. Hold on a second. I've come to tell you that if you're going to have staying power, you can't just guess. But like the season saints where I was from used to say, you've got to know that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. You've got to have a confidence and a, uh, an assurance. And the reason Paul could do what he was doing because he said, I'm not waiting for somebody to convince me that following Jesus is good. I'm not waiting for a bunch of people to show up in a building somewhere across the country to feel like I have a healthy church. He said, I am convinced before I ever see anything else happen. Let's read it. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, hallelujah, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, hallelujah. I want you to know that you are inextricably linked to the love of God. Somebody said that, say, say that again. I didn't quite get that. You are inextricably linked to the love of God. It is God's grace that loves you and pulls you towards him. It is God's grace that says, come to me, all who are labored and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So the first thing I need you to know in our PowerPoint today is that I've got staying power because God has keeping power. You might feel weak and you might feel like like giving up and you might not have a strength to make it forward. Sometimes you're getting up and out and in the bed and out of the bed and going to work. And sometimes you just feel like I'm just so tired of going through the same old cycles over and over again. I feel like I'm worn out. I feel like I'm giving up. I'm not going to do the church thing today. God, I know you've been good to me, but I, I just can't do it today. I don't have the strength. I've come to tell you, no, you don't. But when you are weak, then he is strong hallelujah that you have staying power because God has keeping power many people don't stay because they believe that it is their ability that makes them stay with God but it is not your ability that makes you stay with God but God's ability to help you stay with God for he said those who I hold in my hand there is nothing that's able to pluck them out I've come to tell you that God will keep you if you want to be kept Philippians 4 and 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God doesn't start anything that he cannot finish. If God has called you to him, he's able to keep you. You may feel like you've had some mistakes in life. You may feel like you're not where you need to be in Christ. But I've come to tell you that if God brought you to it, he can take you through it and beyond. It. 
You've got staying power. Pastor, why do I have staying power? Look at your neighbor and say, because I've got praying power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. James 5 and 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I said in the old King James, the prayer of the righteous availeth much. What does that mean? That when I pray because I'm saved, heaven listens. It may not seem like it because sometimes the prayer that I give to God may be yes, no, or maybe, or God may be working out my answer in the cryenos, and I'm looking for the chronos, and I want him to move. But when I was little, they used to say something that I didn't quite understand. But as I've gotten older, I don't know if you ever heard this brother Turhan or brother Dave, but they say he may not come when you want, <laughs> but he's always on time. God doesn't always come in your time, but if you've got praying power and faith, the Bible says that whatsoever your heart desires when you pray, believe that you shall receive and you shall have it. Is there anybody that believes that they shall receive? If you believe that you shall receive, you've got to pray like you believe that you shall receive. For without faith, here we go back to last week, it is impossible to what? Please God. And those that come to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that what? Diligently seek. Oh, I like that y'all being good Bible students. Y'all paying attention to my sermons or memorizing scripture. Either way, I like to fool myself and say you're paying attention that he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, not those who casually oh, seek him. Not those who pray over their meal. That's good. Not those who go to bed and say, nah, I lay me down to sleep and fall asleep before they hit the pillow. Not those that say I have insomnia and I read the Bible because it puts me to sleep. I was joking with one of my friends the other day. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm having problems sleeping. I said, read the Bible. <laughs> For some reason, when you open up your Bible, the, the, enemy, the enemy makes your eyelids a little heavy. <laughs> but God is looking for those who diligently and consistently seek him. When you're in a war, you don't get to stop fighting just because you, you lost the battle. You got to pick up yourself, assess your losses, and you got to get back in the battle and the game plan and get it going again. Just because things didn't go the way you wanted in life, you don't get to quit on life. You get to live life and you need to get back up and get back in line and you need to bombard heaven with prayer. Why? Because we don't just live in a physical world, but we also live in a spiritual world. And the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare, thank you, Holy Spirit, are not carnal, but they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. And it says that we cast down, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we cast down every argument and vain imagination and high thing which exalted itself against the knowledge of, Jesus, of Christ bringing into captivity every thought into obedience of Christ. I've got staying power because God's got keeping power. Yeah. I've got staying power because I've got praying power. If you learn to have a strong prayer life, you'll learn to endure some heavy hardship. I know you've heard the old saying, little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. <laughs> Much prayer, 
much power. I submit to you that the 30-minute segment before Wednesday night should be fuller than the, the Sunday morning service. Why? Because he didn't just say my house should be a house of Bible study. He didn't just say my house should be a house of worship. He said my house should be a house of prayer. If the church is going to stay, the church has to commit to prayer. But not only do I have praying power, not only does God have keeping power, but how else will you stay through this? Somebody say, I've got Holy Ghost power. Uh, somebody should have shouted on that. I, I, I don't know about you, but that's one of the most exciting to me outside of prayer because I hear the word of God saying in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and a very familiar passage of scripture, and you shall receive power. After that, that the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the earth. If you want the world to work the way you want it, you have to look at the chronological geogra geography of what Jesus is saying. Jerusalem is home. Everybody say home. If you want the kingdom to flourish, it needs to first flourish in your house. It needs to flourish in Jerusalem. There's no point in going under the bridge and you're not having any fellowship or revival at home. You need to have church in your house. You need to have Bible study in your house. You need to have prayer and worship in your house. If you're a man, you need to be leading it in your house because it starts in your house. Everybody say, I'm in the house. It starts in your house. And once you've done it in the house, he says, once you've taken care of Jer uh, Jerusalem, then I next need you to go into Judea. Somebody say, my neighbor's home. <laughs> he was said, I want you to start in Jerusalem. But then I once you've built the fire in your own house, if everybody is in their house praying, if everybody is in their homes praying, if everybody's in their house doing devotional and studying the word, if everybody's doing what they need to do to build their own personal and family relationship with God, when you come to the church, the church is automatically going to catch on fire because the people in the what in the church are already burning when they get here. I don't know about you, but I don't wait for the praise team to wake me up. I don't wait for Turhan to hit the bass or Haley to hit the drum. I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I enter into his courts with prayer. Why? I come in with fire already in my heart. Amen. Not only in Jerusalem, not only in Judea. But if you'll take care of it in order, he'll take it to the uttermost parts of the earth. I've come to let you know that times may seem tough, but you've got staying power. Somebody say, I've got staying power. Uh, hallelujah. I want somebody to write this in the chat with us as we quote it. Somebody say, I've got staying power. That doesn't sound like you believe it. Be like Paul and be convinced. Somebody say, I've got, got staying power. Stay power. God's got, got keeping power. Keep power. I've got, got praying power. Pray I've got Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody give God a praise in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 
I don't know if you know it. But Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen. And that he that begun a good work in you. I need to speak to somebody who might be listening on the camera or, or throughout this audience. You may have started and you feel like that you are lost and you have made all the mistakes in the world. That you came to Jesus, but you left him. I want you to know that he that has begun a good work in you is able to complete it. He never needed your help in the first place. He knew what you would do before you did it. Come back to God. For those of you who have felt weary, I want to let you know, don't be weary in well-doing. Do the right thing for the right reasons. Be faithful to God, whether it's just you and your family at home, whether it's five or six people. You never know. We may get to the point in the world where they shut down every church across America. You never know if it happens. But here's the deal that they have had persecution for 2000 years and none of the persecution they have has ever been able to stop the church of Jesus Christ. Because the church of Jesus Christ is not a building. The church of Jesus Christ is a fellowship. It's a koinonia. It's a building of believers. And the building won't stop the church. If they shut the church door down, Robin and I will open up the doors of our living room. And we'll get, we'll knock down a wall and bring a bass for Tehran and some drums. And we'll have a hallelujah good time anyhow. Because nothing will stop the church of Jesus Christ. I've got staying power. I know somebody's listening to me right now. Some pastor is listening to me right now and saying, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to quit. I'm tired of asking people to come to church. I'm tired of begging people to come to church. I will tell you, then stop. You pray and, and you decide in your heart that no matter who comes, if it's just me or my family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I love people. I love to see your face. But I've come to tell you, some of my sweetest moments with God have been when there have been nobody else in the room. They've been when nobody else has been in the building. When I can lay at this altar by myself and there's nobody else around. Start with Jerusalem. I'm going to challenge you this week to start a devotional in your home. I'm going to start challenging you this week to start consistent prayer. Not every now and then. Set up a schedule for prayer. Set up a schedule for devotion. Let Bible study on Wednesday be the second Bible study or the first of the, two, of the second that you're going to have. Go home and study the scriptures together. Go home and set time together to pray together. We have begun, we've got to become energized as the church of God and stop waiting for the world to come to us. And we've got to take the light of Jesus Christ to them. I don't know about you. I know it gets tough sometimes. But I am convinced that neither height nor depth nor trouble nor coronavirus nor government shutdown nor economic clusters or catastrophes or disasters nor field or empty church building will separate me from the love of God. Is there anybody glad that you got the love of God? 
I've got the love of Jesus. I've got staying power because God's got keeping power. And I've got praying power. And thanks be unto God, he didn't leave me without a comforter. He said that I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send the paraclete, the helper to come along, sight you and help you. I've got holy Every head bowed, every eye closed, as Brother Dave comes in the pressure and gets ready to come. God, we thank you. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your sustaining power. We give you glory, Jesus. And I pray this message will go across to wherever you would have it to go and lift up, bow down heads <clears throat> so that those who may be discouraged will believe just like, who believe just like Elijah that they're all alone will hear the word of God say, no, I still have yet people that you know not of, that my church is still vibrant and that it is still strong. To stand therefore and the power that I have given you to stand. Hallelujah. And after they've done all they can to stand, God, give them strength to stand therefore and put all the armor of God. Encourage their heart. Keep them in the fight. In Jesus' name, I want to speak to somebody. I know different people watch this broadcast and we're thankful for it, but I want to speak to some people who feel like giving up, especially those who are in ministry. Don't give up on God. He hasn't given up on you. Stay in the fight. Stay in the race. To those who've given up on church and on God, don't give up. The half has never been told. He has an exciting life for you. If you would just trust him. In Jesus' name. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.